This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order. Order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. 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 The latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Scott Goldbranson and Mo. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, the Tuesday edition of our Odyssey original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. Mo Moten, Scott Goldbranson with you. We roll into segment number two here. And Mo, I don't know if you noticed it over the weekend, but all these names being thrown around for Raiders coach. And some of them are, are quite shocking. Uh <laughs> There's been stories about John Gruden coming back. Oh, my goodness. And John Gruden coming back despite the fact that he's suing the NFL. Uh, and and that Mark Davis really wants John Gruden. Then even Rich Basaccia, you know, the guy who everybody wanted to hire as head coach, right? Everybody wanted him as their head coach after the great job. And he did do a great job with the Raiders that year. Uh, we heard that. Then we heard media in Las Vegas, some of our beat guys, some of the people who come on this show, criticizing other members of the media for stories like that. It's crazy because I'm wondering, now we've talked about, our last show, we talked about possible candidates. And that was, and, and but throughout the whole thing, we've said, look, the top candidate right now is Antonio Pierce because he has the job and he has an open audition. He's got five games left. He's two and two, Right. He's two and two in a nine game audition. So ultimately he has the opportunity and he has the best opportunity because he's there. We mentioned some names. We talked about a first segment or whatever, but is it too early to do that? I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. We can assume, I think I've said, and I know people got mad at me, but I said, look, love Antonio Pierce. He's two and two beat two really bad teams, lost to two good teams. Okay. The last two games, game management has not been good. It's been very inefficient, which shows inexperience. Not surprised and not being overly critical. It is what it is. He does, he's not done this before. But that, to me, sends out signals that, wow, okay, is that who you're going to turn? Yes, he has to learn. Do you want to, as the head of the franchise, Mark Davis, who has had a massive amount of losing over the last 25 years, 
Do you want to trust the future of your team on the field to a great guy, a good coach, who's going to have to learn on the job? My answer is I don't think he does. But this whole idea of talking about coaching candidates right now, outside of those of us who work in content creation in the media, is it really a discussion yet to have, Mo? It's absolutely a discussion to have, but I do get the logic of people saying, well, you have to find out who the GM is first. Is, is Champ, are the Rays going to retain Champ Kelly and he, is he going to pick a head coach of his choosing? Or do you go out and get another GM and have that GM pick the head coach of their choosing? So I understand the GM should always come first because you want that GM, as I've said on the show, you always want that GM to have a long-term vision to, to counter or complement a short-term vision of a head coach. They should work hand-in-hand. Hand. One guy shouldn't have you know, complete autonomy over the other. And that's what you're seeing in some of the stories out there about Dave Ziegler is that he just acquiesced to whatever Joshua Daniels wanted. And that's what you don't want because that was the same situation with Gruden and Reggie McKenzie and then Gruden with Mayock is you felt like Gruden was making all the decisions, right? And you need, you need a GM, you need a front office executive who's going to push back and say, no, we need to do it this way. We need to draft this player. We need to sign this player because long-term vision, again, takes into effect. But I, I think it's fun to have the head coaching conversation right now because, let's be honest, a lot of people don't know or aren't familiar with a lot of the front office guys. I believe we talked about this before when the Raiders, before the Raiders hired Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler is that you're going to hear much more discussion about head coaching candidates because you see these candidates on the sideline. You yeah. see these guys as coordinators, as position coaches, as head coaches of other teams or other college programs. You don't see front office executives front and center in front of the camera. So a lot of people aren't familiar with, you know, Ed Dodds or Horowitz or or guys like DeCosta and in, in Baltimore. So Baltimore. those names aren't going to flow off the tongue as easy. So you're not going to see or hear much discussion about it until it's time to hire one. But I think logically speaking, you hire your general manager and then your head coach, but the head coaching discussion always gets more play because those candidates are more known than the front office executives. Yeah, and I think I think the 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 interesting part of the discussion that I see amongst fans and even some some folks in the media is this idea that boy, we tried a coordinator last time. We tried Josh McDaniels and it was a disaster. So we shouldn't go that direction. Just give it to just give it to to Antonio Pierce. And I'm always blown away by that because look, I don't care if it's waking up tomorrow, folks. There's no guarantee in life. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's no guarantee. So you can say, well, you could bring in a coordinator. You can look at all the coordinators who have failed. But I would say also look at the coordinators who've succeeded, like Mike McDaniel in Miami, like Dan Campbell, who was also an interim head coach in Miami for a little bit, by the way. Uh, you have all of these guys, D'Amico Ryan's down in Houston. He's a defensive guy, but look what he's done there in Houston. So you have to look at it from the perspective of who has experience. So when you say, well, an offensive coordinator, like I – I'm on the Frank Smith bandwagon. You know that. We talked about that last time. Well, he doesn't call the plays in Miami. Well, he does have input on the plays, and he runs the offense otherwise. And he also has a pedigree. He's went through, uh, he's went through position coach, coaching positions, just like Antonio Pierce now has. And he moved his way up to coordinator, and he's been very instrumental in that offense in Miami. The same can be said uh, for Detroit. So you look at you look at the same things happening there and you want a guy who's had to run something. So 
that's my main issue with Antonio Pierce. He's a good coach. He's a good motivator. He gets the team ready to play. All good. They like him. That's great. But he has not ever been in charge of, at the NFL level, a unit of offense. He's been in charge of a position. So he has less experience than those coordinators. And so when you look at possible candidates, that's why. I do agree with people saying don't get retreads, okay? Harbaugh is the only one I hear out there sort of, if you want to call him a retread, he's been away from the NFL for a while, but he's also been very successful every position he's had. So you look at that and you have to take it into account. Again, people get really emotional about this. And Antonio Pierce, because people feel he's one of us, want to give him a job, that is until the next year. And I'm not saying it would happen, just it, let's say it happened. They came out in the next year with Antonio Pierce as a permanent head coach, and they win two of the first 10 games. That ain't going to be the, 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 the narrative anymore. People are going to be, what's going on? Why aren't we winning? Why aren't we hiring this guy? Blah, blah, blah. So I think when you look at it, you have to look at it holistically. And, and there are no guarantees. There's always risk. But you have to make the best possible hire that you can at the time for what your team needs. And, Mo, this is important, and for where the league is going, someone who's going to get you along with a GM who's got the same kind of mindset to the next level to be able to compete with the Kansas cities, the Baltimore's and so on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So I have a lot of things to say about this. And I had so much that I had to jot down notes. I was listening to you, but I also had to jot down notes because I, yeah. I didn't want to miss anything. Now, to your point about people pushing back on, on Frank Smith, oh, he doesn't call plays in Miami. Guess what? Mike McDaniel didn't call plays in San Francisco. That was Kyle <laughs> Shanahan. Right. Guess what? Kevin O'Connell, the Minnesota Vikings head coach, did not call plays in Los Angeles under Sean McVay. Right. But, like I said, those guys, fairly successful offenses where they've been. So you can't count on a guy just because he didn't call plays. If he was part of an operation that was successful and running things smoothly, you have to consider him because he obviously knows how things should look and how things run. So Mike McDaniel and Kevin O'Connell are the prime examples of offensive coordinators who didn't call plays at their previous job before they came head coach. So we can toss that out. The other thing I want to get to is the Antonio Pierce thing about people wanting to give him the job now. Now, Murph, if you're listening to this, I love you, Murph. <laughs> Great guy. You know you're my guy, Murph. But a lot of Raider Nation wants to give Antonio Pierce the job without seeing the results. And I'm asking, when has that ever been a valid argument? <clears throat> without getting the results of something, you just give the person a job? If you're hiring somebody for a position, you don't care about the results? You just say, I'll oh, give him the job before he even finishes his audition. When is, when, how often does that work out where you make the mistake of settling on a candidate? I don't, don't want to say settling because Antonio Pierce, we don't know if it's a settle or not. We'll see in these last five games. But when has it ever worked out for you when you, you had a person in and you said, okay, without seeing all the other candidates, without him finishing his audition, without him filling out his resume, I'm just going to hire this person based on what I see off of a small sample size. I think that's the same mistake that Mark Davis made last year because if you read Tashawn Reed's uh, column in The Athletic, he wrote, a, he wrote about Mark Davis's head coaching search when he before he hired Mc, uh, McDaniels was, 
before the offseason even hit, he had it in his head that he wanted to hire McDaniels. He kind of just zeroed in on McDaniels. And you see how that worked out. Mm-hmm. You have to open up the net of your search. You can't you can't just go, this is my guy. Without even seeing all the other candidates, without seeing the results of the rest of the season, which is crucial, by the way, you don't make a decision on a candidate before <laughs> the year is done. Results do matter. We're still the NFL is still a bottom line business where wins and losses still count. You can't hire a guy just because you like him. You have right. to see the results. These last five games do matter for Antonio Pierce and his resume. And not only that, but again, again, these same folks, I think the same people that I hear from, direct message and otherwise, who are all, oh, Antonio, just give him the job. We're always looking outside. We got one of our own. Again, if they were 2-10 and 10 next year, you'd be the first ones on there telling me to fire the guy. So let's temper that expectation because I think you're right. I think this whole I like the guy is one thing, but it is a results-based business. He has nine games. Don't give me excuses either. Don't tell me, well, he inherited a crappy playbook and he did this and he did that. No, 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 no. With every crappy opportunity, with every crappy situation, there is an opportunity. He has an opportunity. Antonio Pierce, and God bless him, I hope he does it. He has nine games to say, I am a head coach in the NFL and I deserve this job. If he goes three and six, he does not deserve the job. Plain and simple. He's a great guy. And I even see people couching it. Well, if he doesn't get the job, Mark Davis needs to keep him on staff. That's not how it works. That's like saying, hey, yeah, I voted for you as president, but I want to keep the other vice president because we really like that person. Yeah, not going to happen. It's funny to me because a lot of people say this to me, and I see it every week on the X slash Twitter, right? I don't care who the quarterback is. I don't care who the head coach is. is I just want to see my team win, right? So if Antonio Pierce goes three and six, that's not really seeing your team win, is it? So wouldn't no. you want wouldn't you want to at least see who the other candidates are to compare resumes and say, maybe this is a better candidate? Like I said, I'm not dismissing Antonio Pierce. I'm saying let the season play out before you make a decision. Let him earn that position. Let him prove that he he can hold down that head coaching spot. Don't just give it to him before the audition is even over. You don't just, as I said, I'm going to go back to this example. A person walks in a room and and you feel a good vibe from that person. You don't just go say, yeah, I'm I'm hiring that person. That person's getting the job right now right off the bat. Before the person even says anything, before he even makes his pitch or her pitch, before he even shows me his resume, before the audition is over, this is going to be my hire before seeing any other candidates. When has that ever worked out for any business across any industry? It doesn't work out. You open the net and then you make the best possible decision on the best candidate. Not the candidate that you like the most. The best candidate for the position. Usually that comes with a winning track record or some type, some type of success as an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator elsewhere. You compare the resumes. You don't make the decision before the season's over because, as I've said, what is the rush to make the decision right now? Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. Um, I mean, I, there's been plenty of guys that I like, right? And, and sometimes they, you know, if they're not performing, you look, you just, what can you do? Not the right situation, need more experience, whatever it may be. So that, that's, the, that's the, the key there. All right, we're going to take our final break here on Silver and Black today, the Tuesday edition. We come back, we'll close out the show. I do want to go back to the, the, the general manager question because I think coming off what you just said, Mo, about the coaching search, let's talk about that too from a general manager perspective. 
uh, and what that means for this, because I think that position, everybody's focused on coach, like you said, because it's, it's up front and it's public. But the general manager question is actually the biggest one, because you have to get somebody who's going to help build this roster into a championship roster. They need autonomy from the coach, which obviously we didn't have with Dave Ziegler or with John Gruden and Mike Mayock. And they need it now. So we'll get into that here in our last segment. You're with Mo and Scott. This is Silver and Black today. Don't go anywhere.